Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. Like I said, we're starting a new series, you guys. We're still talking about Discover the Word for um, our for our church this year, um, but it's Discover Together. And so we're going to be reading out of Colossians 3, um, starting in verse 1. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. Amen. As Missy said, we're starting a new series. We're going to take all through February, and it's called Discover Together. And uh, we're taking this word discover, and we're taking it actually through the entire year, uh, because we started off last month with, with this word discover and, and, and what it means for us to discover identity in Christ and, and to have our identity firm in Christ, not our, our identity in our job, not our identity in success, not our identity in our uh, sexuality, not our identity in uh, our, thank you, Michelle, our... Um, uh, or anything else, our family, your, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your, your kids. Uh, you, can, you can spend your whole life searching for identity. And, and, but we, we, we talked about how we should find our identity in Christ because he is the rock. He's the firm foundation. He will never waver. And, and as you're saying, he'll never fail you. He'll never let us down. So uh, we moved into destiny and purpose and, and what that means as well if your identity is in Christ. And, and the cool thing is we all have the same identity and destiny in Christ if you're a follower of Jesus, right? And then we talked about influence and, and how your personality and your giftings and your, and your talents and your, and your background, whether it's your job, your family, ethnicity, whatever, all that comes together in your influence and how you influence the city and the world. Uh, and so we're taking that whole thing into this because you're not meant to discover all that on your own. You're meant to discover it together. You're meant to live life in community. You weren't meant to do it on your own. And guys, we live in a city that, that loves to do it on their own, right? We live in a city, just in the core of Toronto, you have millions of people, and it's one of the loneliest cities and places I've ever lived, and I've lived around the world. It's one of the loneliest places. You have everyone in their high-rises, and no one knows each other, right? There's it's hard to find like genuine, true relationship in the city. And the community, the church, is meant to be an, an aberration in that, an anomaly. Because our culture, they want it, but, it, but it's, it's hard to find it here. And, and we live in a city that, that um, is uh, in, a, in a culture that talks about being independent, right? And, and championing your, your independence. And, and so we kind of just perpetuate the loneliness of our city that we, that we feel. And, and 
you know, in the beginning of the scriptures, God says it's, it's not good that we're alone. So we're not supposed to do life alone. And he's talking about community. We're supposed to do it together in community. So that's what we're going to be talking about all through this month. Today we're talking about singleness. And that's the word I'm going to use, single, singleness. I know some people are like, ah, oh, we shouldn't use that word. It's archaic, whatever. If you have a better word, give me a better word for it. It's the word that everyone identifies. Uh, uh, when you say singleness, everyone knows what it means. So we're going to use that word, uh, single and singleness. Today we're talking about that. Next week we'll talk about dating. And then next week we'll talk about marriage. And then we'll end with the church. And, and as we talk about these things, uh, it's not... Uh, it, they're all in the context of the church. They're all in the context of community. So that's what we're placing everything in. So today when we talk about singleness, for instance, uh, this is like us opening the door to, to that conversation in our church. Okay? I'm not going to deal with everything there is to know on singleness and how you live that out as a follower of Jesus today how you live that out in our city. We're just going to open the door and, and try to give you guys some principles in order to, to live it out, uh, to live it out well. And for our church, um, we have almost three times the amount of singles as we do married people in our church. That might shock some of you guys. I talked to a, I talked to a single person a couple weeks ago, and, and they thought we had way more married people. And, but our demographics are three times more single people than married people in our church. Okay, so we're, we have a lot of single people. And, and those, who, those who are married guys in our church, the vast majority have been married for under 10 years. So they've been single for, for longer than they've been married, right? So I think there's only three couples in our church that have been married over 15 years, right? Who's married over 15 years in here? One two, and then we're the third. So other than that, I don't, I don't know of any other married, and then, and then most of the married couples, have, they're under 10 years. So, um, and all of us were single at some point, right? Um, none of us were born out of the womb married, <laughs> although I was born out of the womb with another woman, so, because I have a twin sister. So, <laughs> and I don't know I don't know when, when this mentality starts, because now, now I have two daughters, eight and nine years old, and I don't know when this mentality starts. I don't know if, I don't know, yeah, when it stops either, but women tend to love going to the washroom together, <laughs> right? And I don't know when it starts, right? I, I mean, I have an eight and nine-year-old, and they, and they love it. Like, uh, and now, as you get older, as a woman, as you get older, uh, you... You, you do it less and less probably, I don't know. Um, but there's still, in, in public, you're still like in the restaurant or the club or wherever you are, I don't know. Club, do you guys still do that? I don't know if that's still a thing. Is that still a thing? Uh, uh, you'll go to the washroom together, right? With my girls, uh, like I said, I don't even know when it started. It's like their favorite room in the house, guys. Like if one is in there, the other has to be in there. I don't... It doesn't matter if one's taking a dump and one's brushing their teeth. That's the second, this is the second week in a row I've used dump in a sermon. So, like, they'll be in there, and, and you can hear them playing around. It's joyful, splashing, which I always tell them, like, <laughs> yeah, I use the toilet. Um, 
they're singing, they're humming, they're, they're playing around. It's, it's fun. I'm like, what are you guys doing in there? Um, and, but, uh, and, and even like, yeah, they, they just love it. And, and in our house, um, <laughs> the main washroom, before, you know, early on, it, it didn't lock. So if you came to our place and you're using the washroom, odds are the girls are going to bust up in there on you. Because they're, like, afraid they're missing out on something fun, right? And it happened to a few people. Like, I can sit in this room right now. Uh, now it locks. If you come over, don't worry. It, it locks now. Uh, we fixed it. But it used to not lock. So you'd be, like, you'd have, like, one foot against the door and trying to go to the bathroom or wash your hand, whatever, uh, or one eye over there. You'd wait till the girls are occupied so you'd run up and go to the bathroom. But, um, yeah, there's just something about it. But for guys, it's different, right? When you're at the restaurant, you stand up at the table, and you say, hey, I'm going to go in the washroom now, you're just declaring, it's just a declaration. It's not an invitation to say, hey, other guys, <laughs> come with me. And if I was there and I said that, and Adam's like, hey, I'm gonna, Adam's like, hey, I'm going to go too. I'm like, mm, no. Nah. <laughs> like, I, I'm just letting you know I'm going. <laughs> um, Guys normally don't jump in the chance to go to the, go to the washroom together, right? Uh, but it's not that things, that things don't happen in washrooms for guys. I mean, like, it's not that nothing happens. There's talking and stuff, I guess. Like, I actually met Matt Chandler, if you know who he is, at a urinal. Like, yeah. Um, and I uh, ran into Francis Chan in a washroom. So, like... Cool stuff happens in washrooms for guys, too, right? So um, stuff happens, but it's more normal, comfortable, maybe acceptable for men to do it alone, generally speaking. And it's more normal, comfortable, acceptable for women to go together. And this series is, is about, and this sermon today <clears throat> is about taking what is more normal, comfortable, acceptable, and saying maybe there should be something else that's more normal, comfortable, and acceptable. Maybe we should all be going to the washroom together. Right? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe our default should be together. Maybe there shouldn't be awkwardness around it. Today we stood in a circle for a pre-service huddle. We stood in a circle, and I was like, all those who served this morning, I said, hey, let's link arms. And even that, people were like, ugh. Okay, I, I guess we'll, we'll do this. And, and it's awkward at first. There's a t- and I said, I said, hey, step back from the circle. So we all, took a step, we all took a step back until we couldn't go any further, and you felt the tension there, right, of, of going away from each other. And that's a picture of the church, of us linking arms. The further and further away we get from each other, the more tension we feel. But the, more we're, the closer we are together... The, the, the more loose and comfortable it is, right? And that's how it should be in the church. We're supposed to discover together, together. And, and this is, uh, and, and so we have, like, most of us in the church still have this guy mentality that, well, we're not going to wash him together. Um, but instead of declaring that and declaring our independence and, and, our, and our self-sufficiency, uh, we should invite people in. It should be an invitation to say, I want to do life together with you. And that's what today is all about. So all that is in the context, uh, as we're going to talk about singleness, all that is in the context of community 
and the church and hopefully making our default together, not separate and individual. So let's go into this, this passage of scripture. This is Colossians 3, beginning in verse 1. Guys, this is such a theologically rich passage. Um, I could, I mean, this could be, we could take this passage through the whole year and preach sermons on it. So we're just barely scratching the surface, and our main application today is singleness. Uh, but that's not what this passage is necessarily about. What this passage is about is, as Paul gets into this, he's, he's, the first two chapters, he's talking about focusing on what is eternal and not what is ephemeral. He's saying, there's so many things that are fleeting, let's focus on what is forever. Let's, let, there's, there's things that you need to grab on and hold on to in this life, and there's things that, that you just got to let go because they're not going to last, right? And he's trying to get us to stop focusing on the temporary things of this world and focus on what is timeless and what is going to stay forever, what is eternal. So that's what he sa- So that's leading up into this verse one. He says, "If then, so if all that I just said, so if then, you have been raised with Christ." What he means there is, is as a follower of Jesus, you have died with Christ. You've been buried with Him in His death. This is Romans chapter six, right? And you've been raised to walk in new life. Now you have life in Christ. So he says, if you've been raised with Christ, if you have, okay, not everyone in here has, right? Not everyone in here would say they have, um, and that's okay. Uh, this, hopefully this environment allows you to, to explore that, um, and we want to show you what a life in Christ could be. But, but if you say you have, then your life should look like this, okay? He's saying your life, if, you're a follower of Jesus, if you say you've been raised with Christ, seek things that are above. And that word for seek, guys, is, it, it's, not a, it's not a great translation. Um, it does mean seek, but it's more like desire. Because remember, you've been raised with Christ. You've died with Christ. You've been raised with Christ. So things above, you already have. So you're not seeking them in order to find them. Okay? And sometimes we think that with seek, right? But he's saying seek in terms of, like, your heart's desire. Like, your desire should be for things that are above. Do you, do you understand that distinction there? It's not seeking to find them, because you already have them in Christ. It's, this is your desire. So if you've been raised with Christ, your heart's desire is, to, is, is for things that are above where Christ is. That makes sense, right? We should seek the things that are above. Our desire should be the things above because Christ is there. And if Jesus, if we've, been, if we've died with Jesus and been raised with Jesus, then our desire should be with Jesus. Oh, guys, that should like hit you in, in the face right now. Like, your desire should be with Jesus, but where is your desire? Where is it? He says, Christ is seated at the right hand of God which means his work is done. He's over, he's victorious, he's conquered. It's already done, which means that you are, are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, Paul says. So you, his, his work is done. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Verse two, set your minds on things that are above. And this is also, there's a, there's a fuller way to understand set your minds. So um, it's not just talking about the intellect. It's not just talking about thinking. He's saying, this is, the, 
these are all your values. It's what you value. It's what you desire. It's what you delight in, okay? So delight in things that are above, not on things that are on earth. <laughs> we won't talk about the Super Bowl today, okay? You can delight in things still like that. Uh, and, and so here, here's the thing, guys. Um, it doesn't have to be either or. But there's a certain priority here, right? Your earthly things are for the things above, right? Uh, you live them out because of the things above, right? So if you're focused, if your mind, and sometimes that's translated as set your heart, because it's a fuller, like, you're in the entirety of your being, set your heart on things above, set your mind, set, set your whole being, if you're in Christ now, you've been raised with Christ, set your whole being on what's above, and who's above, and what is above? Jesus. And what's he doing? He's sitting down at the right hand of the Father, which means he's victorious, which means you're more than a conqueror. Say that to your neighbor. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Like, how amazing is that truth? If that's, if that's true for you today, that, that should, like, set you free. If that's not true, if, if you're like, oh, I've never heard that before today, like, maybe that will set you free. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus because he's already finished it. His work's already done. We don't have to do anything. We just trust in him, right? So if we put our mind and our hearts on things that are above, then everything on earth gets put in its proper place and perspective. So let's talk about singleness. Are your, like are, and, and not just for the singles in here, but think about this for, for all of you guys. Are you too consumed with the things on earth? Are you, do you take delight in, do you set your values around, do you set your heart and your mind more on the things on earth than you do on things that are above where Christ is? And that gets, that, that gets uh, I don't know if that gets easier whether you're single or married or dating. But today we're talking about singleness. And it's, it's a, so, this passage here, guys, if you think about, so, so for those of you guys who are single in here, let's make it really specific. Are you focused on an earthly thing, a relationship, and getting that relationship more than you are on the relationship you already have in Christ Jesus? Guys, above, there is no dating and there's no marriage. Do you guys know that? Like, those of you who are married and you... You're, you love your wife and your husband, and you're like, hey, this is the, the best. It's going to be over in 60 years or less. That's the reality. It's not going to last forever. It's, it's, it's not timeless. It's temporary. It's not eternal. It's ephemeral. Guys, I, I, I would spend every second of my life with Missy. I love her. That's like... Uh, I can go, I don't need alone time in my life, like, which I should probably get alone time. But I, 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 like, I love just being with her, and I would choose her over any one of you guys any time of the day. <laughs> um, and, uh, but 
I wasn't created for that. She's not, she, she's, she's not the one. I already have the one, and that's Christ. That's Jesus. And if Missy usurps Christ as an earthly thing, because that's what she is, she's in, this relationship is an earthly one, now it's, it's, it's informed by the above. You follow me? The only reason you should be in a relationship like this is, is if you will follow Jesus more fervently, if you will live on mission more fully, if you will usher in the kingdom of God more powerfully than you would otherwise. If you're not going to do that, then you don't deserve that relationship. And some of you guys who are married in here today and are dating, you're doing it for fulfillment and satisfaction and to combat your loneliness or for sex or for physical affection or for emotion, whatever it is. And guys, one, it's not worth it. <laughs> this is hard right here. It's really hard. It's not worth it. Jesus is all you need. He is who completes you. And that's what he says here in verse, in verse 3. He says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ already. You've, you've died. Your life is in Christ Jesus. He is who completes you. You don't need someone else to complete you. If you're single in here this morning, all you need is Jesus Christ. Now, on, on earth, you're like, well, I'm not above right now. I'm here in this world. And, and marriage can be beneficial. I'm not saying it's not. Like, like I said, I, I love this. But if I was a more mature follower of Jesus before I got married and before I met Missy, I would have probably chosen not to get married. Uh, does that, are you guys following me there? I think that's what Jesus did. That's what Paul did. You know there's probably more single people in the Bible than there are married people that we hear about, right? Because they don't have the, Paul says, Paul, so here's a couple things. Um, singleness has been, in our culture, it's kind of been denigrated. It's, it's been, and especially in the church, it's like looked down upon, right? Um, and, and we have kind of said, oh, well, you're, we say things like, oh, to married people, we're like, oh, where's your other half? Like, they complete you, right? So it's even subtly in our, in our speech, it's very subversive, right? Where's your better half? You know, things like that. Like, no, like, I, I'm a whole person in Christ Jesus, right? So if you're single in here this morning, you're a whole person in Christ Jesus. If you're married this morning, you're a whole person in Christ Jesus. Your spouse does not complete you. We'll talk about marriage. Missy and I are going to do a sermon on marriage in, in a couple weeks um, and, and talk about that. Uh, it's hard not to, it's hard to like just talk in, in one category here. Uh, but but you are, you're whole and you're complete in Christ, okay? And, 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 and in the church we say, uh, guys, we start this young, too, with kids. Like, my, when my girls were four, people were saying to them, oh, do you have a boyfriend at school? Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> like, don't say that to my kids. Like, no man is going to complete them except Jesus Christ. And they're like, whoa, buddy. Like, <laughs> Grandma's like, hey, I was just, uh, you know, like. But I'm like, no, you're, we're perpetuating this cultural construct that, that, 
you, that, that they make you whole. And, and we do it, you see marriage ceremonies all the time doing this, right? Um, not anyone's I conduct, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but, but you have this like, oh, two becoming one, and now they're complete. No, guys, those are like lies from the enemy. Uh, because guess what? If you haven't found your identity and your destiny in Christ already, and you're not influencing already as a single, then it's just going to mess it up when you start to date somebody and you get married. Because you're going to move that identity and destiny and that influence into that person. And the Bible says that. That's the curse. Those are the consequences of these relationships of our sin. And, and, and we start to do that. And we start to look, I started looking for, for fulfillment in this person in my I need to get my respect from her, and I need to get my affirmation from her or him, and I, and I am only satisfied if this person says this about me, and if they treat me this way, and if they do that, and no, guys, like, that is not how it's supposed to be as a follower of Jesus. You have everything you need in Christ Jesus, and if you are single in here this morning, now is the time to discover your identity. Now is the time to discover your destiny in Christ. And now is your time to start influencing. If you want to marry someone someday, start living for Jesus today. Hey, guys, it is, you, you have to, and, and it's hard. It's hard. Once you, if, if you start dating and get married, it's so easy for that to distract you. And, and Paul talks about that. He says in 1 Corinthians 7, he says, marriage brings worldly troubles. He's like, that's why you should stay single like me. I'm happier. <laughs> like, he literally says that. And you're like, whoa. And I'm like, amen. <laughs> that's true. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, he's like, amen, you're, you're happy. Because you can live on mission and live for Jesus without these worldly responsibilities. And guys, I get it. Some of you guys are like, oh, I just want someone to share that with. And that's good. Don't, don't hear me say that's not good. You can share that with somebody. But remember, focus on the thing that's above. Share that with somebody, not try to find fulfillment and, and you know, all these other things in that person. But start with what's above. Christ, you complete me, you fulfill me, and now I can live that out here with, with somebody else more fully, more passionately, more, more fervently, more, <clears throat> more on mission for Jesus. And so we want to try to help you do that today. And so I'm gonna, Michelle's gonna come up here. Um, Michelle almost lived three decades <laughs> single, yeah. right? So she's gonna share some, some things for you guys and some practical um, things too. Yeah, so Mike's right. Before, like when I first met you guys, um, back when we first planted this church, I was single. I was single for, um, you know, a good time. And I know some of you are single longer, so that's like, that's cool. Um, but I did not love being single for a lot of my life. And I made a lot of mistakes. And I definitely, everything Mike talked about, like it took me a long time to figure that out. And so I wanted to share with you today just maybe a, a couple things that I learned that were helpful for me, that God taught me. And I'm hoping and praying that it will encourage you or even challenge you. And I'm going to get really real. And some of the things I say, like, you're going to think I'm crazy, okay? But, like, because it's so countercultural, but I'm just going to encourage you. Just, like, think about it, okay? Take it in. So, um, yeah, uh, the first thing I want to say is don't be afraid to be with God, okay? And some of you are like, what are you talking about, be with God? Like, sounds so, that's what we are. We're afraid to be alone with God. And we live in Toronto, and when I was single, I'm, I was so guilty of this. 
we just pack our schedules so full. We're like from one social to the next, one activity, and my husband's introverted, and he was like, that wasn't me, but I'm like, what did you do with your alone time? He was doing things in his alone time. He wasn't just alone, just being, right? Um, whether it's like reading a book or video games or whatever, our phones, guys. We were Mike and I were talking about this this morning. Like, it's so awkward when you're just sitting there alone, like we have to fill that space with something all the time. And usually it's our phone. And I, one of the things I had to learn was, and this is my, my challenge for you, if you are single and you're struggling with this, make it a point one evening of the week, just one, okay, to just be alone, turn off your phones, stay away from your computer, and fill that time instead with intimacy with God. And what does that look like? Like pray, journal, worship, listen to music, you know, reflect. When you're alone and you're quiet, you can hear your thoughts. And that's where the enemy will come in and try to like, you know, flood your thoughts with lies. Like Mike talked about some of the things the culture says to you. One of the things I hated hearing when I was single, and it was from always well-meaning, like married Christians. They'd be like, have you found a man, in, is there a man in your life yet? Or they'd say stuff like, you know, um, I'm praying for you, for your spouse. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, <laughs> like that's, you know, like I'm not, whatever. But, but it was like, it was so frustrating to hear that because they were sending this, now they didn't do it, the enemy twisted it. It was this message that the enemy was communicating to me that it's a milestone. Marriage is a milestone that everyone must arrive at. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you, right? There's like, you're not, like, Michelle, you're too picky. I'm like, <laughs> like, there's something wrong with me, right? And so the enemy would start to fill my head with lies, like, God is withholding his blessings from you, Michelle. And so then I'm like, oh, maybe I have to do more to earn God's favor, right? Maybe then I'll find somebody suitable. Um, or maybe the enemy would say stuff like, um, Michelle, oh, like, I faced, like, rejection in my life. Like, you know, two relationships didn't work out, and then I faced, like, that, that like, you're unlovable, Michelle. You're unlovable. And all these lies. And so when you're alone, that's where God speaks to you. And he convert, and he, he told me, like, Michelle, not only are you lovable, I'm jealous for you. Like, I, I, I'm pursuing you with a passion. Don't you see? Like, I loved you even though I know you would reject me at times, right? Like, he died for us while we were sinners, right? And God would, like, fill my life with that truth. And it was so powerful and it really healed me. Um, you know, the thing about God withholding his blessings. Like, I love what Mike said about Paul and Jesus. Like, Jesus came that we may have life and life abundant. He came to show us that you can live a fully meaningful, purposeful, um, abundant life as a single person. Like, he didn't marry anyone. Like, that means that it's important. We can live that. We are whole on our own. So those are like some of the things that um, I discovered while I was alone. And uh, here's one more further challenge. If you, like I, I told you, I had two relationships that really broke me. And I, I made this like radical, almost crazy decision. I was like, I am not going to date anyone for a whole year, okay? Now, okay, I heard some laugh, okay? Like, some laughter. Here's the thing. Some of you are like, a whole year? Like, that's a long time. And guys, it wasn't easy. It was hard because, of course, once I made that decision, there were these guys. I started meeting. I'm not meeting anybody for a while, and then there's these guys that pop up. I'm like, oh. But once I made that decision, it just removed that distraction from my life. And it was like, I wasn't asking constantly, could it be him? Could it be him? I just, like, got that out of my head. And that year was so significant for my life. And I was single for seven more years after that. But that year changed my life. And it changed, it healed me. And I really, really got to know about who I am in Christ. So 
radical decision, okay? Guys, what's one year in light of your whole life? Okay, you're, you're, some of you are like, oh, that's a year wasted. Like, what is one year in this like, you know, temporary life in light of eternity? Like, what's one year? It's nothing, but it's so significant at the same time. Okay, so that's the first thing is don't be afraid to be with God, be alone with God. Um, but Mike also said, you know, the scriptures tell us that it's, God said it's not good for um, us to be alone. And the second thing I want to challenge you is choose to live in intentional community. You could choose to fill your life with your time and your energy with all kinds of things, but make the choice to live in intentional community. And you know, we can do this through BLGs. Um, you know, I've lived with Christian roommates over the years, but you know, like even that is not necessarily intentional unless you're committed to those relationships. Um, here's the thing, like I did, uh, I was part of Move-In, and that was one of the, that's where I learned a lot of, like, yeah, like, I am an advocate for moving. <laughs> um, because as a single person, like, I didn't meet my husband in school. And after you're done school, your network, like, people I went to church with, that was it. And it's like, if I didn't meet my spouse there, I wasn't gonna, like, it wasn't happening for me. So I had to learn to, like, be content. And um, living with move in, um, the people with move in, like, our purpose was we were gonna live together and we were gonna pray together every week. And that small thing was so powerful. Iron sharpens iron, what the scriptures talk about. Um, when you're doing life intentionally, like journeying, sharing your daily struggles with people, or just living in front of them, you can't hide. You can't, and that's one of the you know, blessings of marriage, is you always have somebody holding up a mirror <laughs> to you, but that's what community does. Like, you can't hide. You can't hide your sin. You have to deal with your stuff. And here's one thing, you always have someone to serve, okay? Um, and this is, here's the thing, like, when I, I could have chose, chosen to live alone by myself, and some people, like, you're, like, that's working for you, that's great, and you're able to balance, but I struggle. I'm full of distractions all the time. So living with community um, really challenged me to see that God created me for others, like that, and I, I didn't have the, you know, here's one thing. The culture will tell you, um, be grateful you're single. Enjoy your singleness. Because when you get married, you're signing your life away, right? And then, the, you know, we have these, like, wild bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, whatever. That's the culture. But the reality is that's a lie. Guys, whether you're married or single, you were created to be in community, to point others to Christ, and be pointed to Christ. To help, we need each other to set our eyes on things above, right? We need each other to, um, to, to do that. Uh, and so I want to just... Um, Wait, wait, make sure I'm not forgetting something. Uh, yes. <laughs> you already said a lot of things. So that's why I don't want to repeat that stuff. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, one more thing. So Paul talks about like, oh, yeah, yeah. Paul talks about being si single is like the simpler life, right? So some people take that like, oh, it's, you know, it's better to be single um, for that reason. I wouldn't want to get married, whatever. But at, like, here's the thing. Like when we're single, the culture, like we... Believe this lie, it's about my time, my energy, my priorities, my life, my life, my life, my life. That's not what singleness should look like. If that's what it looks like for you today, that's not what it should look like. Okay, so mar being married is just another person that I get to love. And Mike is going to talk about, Mike and Missy will talk about marriage. Um, but when you're single, you're still called to lay your life down for others, right? And um, living with them, as you know, crazy as that sounds, giving up your personal space is one of the ways that you're challenged to do that. Um, and it's very life-giving. 
All right, so I wanted to just, uh, maybe I went a lot faster than I thought, but that's okay. Mike will talk longer after I'm done. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna say like being single is easy, it's not. It really is hard, like, I wanna get really real, guys. Like those nights, they were Friday nights that I was by myself, okay? And like, sometimes I cried. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I cry. Actually, I cry a lot, like that's the reality of who I am. But like, those were like such amazing moments. Like I remember sitting there like a loser. I, I would go through something at work or whatever, and I'm like, oh, I don't have a spouse. Like, who do I talk to, or boyfriend or whatever? And I just like scroll through my phone, my contact list. I'm like, which friend can I call? And I knew like each person was like busy with something that night. They had a boyfriend or whatever. And I just like, I'm so, I'm such a loser. <laughs> There's no one I can talk to. And then God's like, Michelle, I'm right here. Like, and guys, it took me. I had to go through heartache to realize that about who God was in my life. Um, so yeah, I wanted to share one final thing with you. And I've talked about my father before. And my father, some of you, those of you who know me, my father died um, when I was like 22. I was just ending university. And his, he wasn't a Christian for uh, um, most of our lives. He like, you know, was very spiritual, but um, did not have a relationship with God, um, with Christ. And um, when he was dying, that what I witnessed and what I experienced has changed my life. Because it really, when you lose someone and you watch them, slowly pass away, you are hit with the reality of the eternal and the temporary, right? You really take stock of your life. And my dad did something that's very common when you're terminally ill. When you're terminally ill, your world becomes smaller and smaller. So when he first became sick, the very first thing he did was he left his job. And if you think about it, we spend like 40 hours a week at work, right? Like my dad spent more time with his coworkers than he did with me. Like, that was reality. So these people were his friends. Like, he had a good time. He loved going. And, but when he was sick, that was it. Out. It, they weren't important anymore. So he, he stopped going to work. He was home. Uh, I think he, like, chatted on the phone a couple times with two of them. And then that's it. He stopped. And then afterwards, he stopped wondering if our relatives were going to stop by. His brothers and sisters, my aunts and uncles. He didn't care. They weren't important. And then, even as a child, his daughter, like, he didn't really cared to spend time with me. Like, he was always, you know, he's home, but he wasn't like, Michelle, he didn't need me. He was like, Michelle, come, come. He was just like, he was okay. And I remember, like, near the last, like, week of his life, maybe even the couple months of his life, he was spending a lot of time with my mom. And it was just the two of them. And, and uh, I watched that, and so she became really important. But at the very end, he was just by himself all the time. And the last conversation I had with him that I've shared with some of you before was, Michelle, I've been talking to God a lot. And, and that's how he came to find Christ um, in those times. Guys, there is no relationship more important than the one with your maker. And watching my father go through that really, really cemented that for me in my life, in my mind, in my life. So, yeah, yeah you guys know uh, what the Bible says about singleness? He uses two words to describe singleness in 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 8. Those two words are, it's a gift, and it's good. About singleness, that it's a gift, and it's good. And, and spending time alone with God, uh, you need to do that all through your relationships, right? But, but since we're talking about singleness today, um, 
That's so vital to get that rhythm in your life and that pattern in your life to, to have, to actually seek the things that are above and set your minds and your hearts on them, meaning the, like Christ is your value system. You are patterning your life around Jesus Christ. And if you can do that now, that's going to reap so many rewards in the future. But remember, um, you'll never hear from our church that, that you're, you're incomplete or that it's bad because singleness is a gift and it's good. Start using it for that. Discover your identity now. Influence now. Live out your destiny now. Take that gift that God's given you and use it for the purpose it was intended, which is a good purpose, not, not a bad one, right? It, it was given to you for something good. So as you do that in the life of the church, allow the church to come around you as well. Michelle talked about community. That's what the church is for, where to be that community where you're, you're not really single. You're actually married to Jesus, Right? And I know that sounds like such a cliche, but it's a theological one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what we were created for. You were part of the bride of Christ. And the church is designed for you to live out the one another lifestyle, to share life with each other, to forgive one another, to, to um, love one another, to serve one another, to carry one another's burdens. And we talked about this morning in, in our prayer time how uh, you have a lot of people who, who are like, yeah, I'll help you carry your burdens, but not a lot of us say, hey, can you help me carry my burdens? And that's the one another, one another lifestyle, right? Um, and in order to live in your singleness to the fullest extent, you have to be willing to give your burdens, not just take on burdens from other people, right? It's, it's us letting people in. It's, it's us saying, yes, here's my life. It's us being transparent. It's us saying, saying I want to share life with you. And guys, that's... That's hard, it's scary, there's rejection, all that. But, but uh, the church is meant to be a, a place where we can do that all together and it can be really beautiful as, as we do that because we are setting our hearts and our minds on things above. So let's, let's do that together and discover how to do that together. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you that uh, you are actually seated at the right hand of the Father right now, and that our life is in you, that we have died, and we've been raised with you, and we've been given this abundant life, and show us how to live that out. There's people all over this city who are just looking for this abundant life, and here we are, the, the, the beholders of it, the, the guardians of it, and uh, we're not even living that life because we're focused on the earthly things. So reorient our perspective this morning, reorient our priorities this morning so that our desire, our hearts, our minds are set on you. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.